0: But yeah, you're saying about all the references, I mean, as soon as that's over, we're in school and Steve's friend Jordan, I think his name was, starts thrusting in the corridor for no reason. And then another nerd walks over and talks about how lame Charlie's Angels is. And look how rad his $400 digital watch is. Whoa! Yeah, and it's kind of, this sets the tone for the rest of the
1: episode where it's just references. Yeah, but the diss on Charlie's Angels, Phil. Oh, Oh, last week's episode they went undercover as bad actresses. People in glass houses, guys. People in glass <laughs> fucking houses. I didn't even catch on to that. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: is a very good point. That, yeah. that is a solid burn, that
1: great. Well done. I'd I? like to see you, the cast of Teen Angel, go undercover as the cast of a watchable sitcom. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch Extra Credit, the spin-off podcast where we steer away from the usual magical curriculum, and instead we talk about something just a little bit different. My name is Phil Dean, I am your host and guide through this slightly different chat about well, it's not really about magic, this one, but it is related to Sabrina in more ways than one. But before I continue, I'm going to introduce you to my two compadres who are joining me for this exciting adventure through 1997 slash a bit of 1998. First of all, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello,
1: Phil. How are you, my friend? I'm not bad. Um, I've recently been to Germany. It took me, I believe... 14 hours to get back, thanks to EasyJet being a bunch of pricks, but uh, yeah, it was was, was good to be over there, I know we have some German fans, um, and I would like to say... Hello to them in German but being the ignorant British tourist I am didn't pick up a word. So, <laughs> oh, well, well, well. Guten Tag! Yeah. Guten Tag is good day. But yeah. But if they're listening in the evening that's irrelevant.
0: And joining us on this other event you might have heard his voice a little bit there but I'm going to introduce him so he's not rude anymore is Mr Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Wait, hang on. I'm rude. Or it are you rude. rude? No, it's just rude. you were talking before I'd introduced you. Oh, so am I not have been scared going, who's this gruff voice?
2: I'm not allowed to talk until you introduce me. When did that rule come up, Well, in, right?
1: we, 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 we operate a Victorian child uh, policy yes. on this podcast. <laughs> you speak when yeah. you are spoken to. Uh, yes. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. it's back to the loom, Christopher. Yes. Working under that, and getting crushed and yeah. poisoned and killed. Yeah. Your fingers mangled.
0: Yeah. yeah, all of those sort of things. But until your shift starts, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You yeah, Have you done anything exciting? Have you been to Germany as well? No, 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 Germany for me. But I,
2: I ventured down to the old smoke, the big smoke. You know, that, the the London town. Did that that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that that London? That London. That London. Yeah, uh, finished a a short film uh, shoot down there. It was very entertaining. Very good. Up against it, time wise, but I enjoyed myself and then went out and got absolutely levered.
0: Excellent. So it feels a bit strange because we're recording this on a Saturday, but I'm afraid it's not a thank God it's Saturday kind of show, is it? It's TGIF, is what we're recording today. Oh, God, that's what it stands for. It does. Thank
1: God it's Friday. Although trailers for this lineup very often uh, use the acronym to spell. Thank goodness it's funny. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness it is funny indeed. TGIF is a big sh- is a big sort of.
0: It's like a, a program consisting of various shows that run throughout the year. Sabrina, obviously, was in the middle of it. Sabrina moved a couple of places in it, but it always stayed in there, I
1: guess. In, in a- ABC, is it is that- That's right, ABC. Sabrina. I mean, this is for. Let, let me just say, yeah. Uh, Sabrina aired at nine pm. Oh, wow. And for us, for us Brits, that is really weird. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. In fact, the the whole concept of TGIF is kind of weird when you look at the time period, because it ran, I mean, it ran in terms of like years, it ran from 1989 to 2000, so it was very much a staple of the 90s. If you grew up in America during the 90s, you probably have very fond memories of the various iterations of this lineup. Uh, over here, Sabrina was morning fair, wasn't it? We've talked about it being on SMTV, uh, so that was, yes, Saturday mornings, uh, much like uh, we're experiencing now. A Saturday morning was when uh, we uh, usually digested Sabrina, and generally speaking, like you didn't get family shows on at 9 o'clock. Oh, no, any, you any time not, no. 9 o'clock is what's known as, I don't know if it's the same in America, but 9 o'clock is what's is known as the watershed on British television that's when things get sweary yeah they get sweary they get a bit bloody um, uh, yeah, um, yeah.
2: Um, why was it on at nine I, when I was a child I was in
1: bed by nine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely yeah.
0: yeah who's staying up that late I've got I, know, da- yeah. I guess
1: die hard Sabrina fans I think it was presented um, a lot more as a family sitcom in America, whereas mm-hmm. it was very much kids' TV. Yeah, oh yeah, for us. I think that that's part of the thing. But yeah, fa- family tele- family sitcoms airing at airing at nine PM. That's not a repeat. That's that's when they they premiere. That's yeah, it's a very very unusual uh, concept. That's absolutely alien to me. Yeah, it's so strange. But I bet it was rad. I bet it was rad having all these uh, having all these wonderful shows back to back. Although, as we're about to find out. There were hits and misses in TGIF, (laughs) definitely.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, as as TGIF progressed through to the late 90s, there were more misses than hits. And by the end of it, the only standout shows were Sabrina and uh, Boy Meets World, which, funnily enough, is the first show we're going to watch. So the TGIF line that we're, uh, we're following on today's episode is notably sort of like, the 1997-1998 season. So in this you had uh, yeah, Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Teen Angel and You Wish. Hmm. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> More on them all really. Um, so first of all, just off the names, do you guys remember anything about these shows? No. Absolutely nothing.
1: Great. Well, I mean, what else is new? I never know anything anyway. <laughs> you you had an encyclopedic knowledge of Charmed. And it was incredible And I hope we get to uh, delve into it further later on Um, But yeah, I've heard of them all I don't know anything about any of them Aside from, and I've already told you this The fact that wrestling legend Vader Guest starred in an episode of Boy Meets World It's not this one I think it's quite an early season one But uh, yeah, very little knowledge of any of them to be honest
0: Yeah, I've heard of them all Like I, I was quite surprised by Teen Angel because we, uh, you know, we will talk about the history of this show a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I, re- I remember watching Teen Angel Ol- repeats, obviously, in the mm. late 90s, early 2000s. I had no idea there was only 13 episodes of it, though. Right. And But I remember watching it so much, so strange. Boy Meets World, I know of it. And I honestly could say that I've never seen a single episode of it, apart from this one that we're going to do. Uh, the only thing I knew about it, just because a fave used to watch it, is, is the lead girl in It's called Topanga. Yes,
3: Topanga.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: we'll we'll get to that.
1: <laughs> well, is it explained why she's called
0: Topanga? No, I, I mean, on uh, through research, it is. Uh, she entered the the show as as like a, a hippie character, I right. think. And apparently, Topanga is a is it a canyon?
1: I think Topanga in California, is a canyon in California, um, which is it's known in the hippie circuits. It was in the sixties, but do you know what it's more recently known for? What? Do you know who lives there? No. I mean, the Manson family lived there for a bit in the 60s. I was yeah. going to say that. More recently, the Kardashians lived there. Oh, right. Which family is more evil? You decide. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> you have a right. You decide. <laughs> it's the Mansons, obviously. Um, oh, I'm
3: not too sure.
0: Yeah. So, so she entered as a hippie, so I guess the parents, you know, in the typical sense of um, naming a child after where she was conceived, yes. yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. Topanga, Ali. Yeah, yeah, so I guess, you know, that sort of jargon. So, yes, she was entered to uh, Topanga. They said Toboggan, then. That'd be an interesting (laughs) name. Um, That'd be a great name. That'd (laughs) be an interesting conception. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we watch it, though, uh, Graham... I sent you on a bit of homework, didn't I? You? you do like your research jobs, do I,
1: I, I do like my research jobs.
0: Um, so before we do watch this episode entitled No Guts, No Corey, we're going to find out about uh, the show if uh, if you're like uh, us and you've never watched it or, you know, you might know a lot more
1: than us. Uh, but as for the show as a whole, Graham, tell us more. Well, Boy Meets World was one of TGIF's mainstays. It was very much a show which was with you throughout the 90s if you grew up then, mm-hmm. it, Uh Premiered in 1993, it ended in 2000. Oh wow. So we followed Young Corey, uh, played by Ben Savage, who is the brother of Fred Savage, who starred in another seminal 90s uh, teen television program, The Wonder Years. I thought you were going to say Robbie Savage. (laughs) That would be incredible. Um, And we followed him from pre-pubescence, from the age of about 11, 12, uh, through to marriage. Mm. He's married by the end of this, folks. Wow. So we're sort of like midway through that that development uh, here. Um, It was created by a gentleman by the name of Michael Jacobs. He was very prolific. He... It seems like somebody would come up with an idea and he'd work with them to develop it into something that could be pitched because he worked with a lady called April Kelly on this. She'd written on Happy Days and Mork and Mindy. But yes, Michael Jacobs, uh, he got a play that he wrote called Cheaters to run on Broadway when he was just 22. He was the youngest playwright in Broadway history. And then he went on to found a production company and... um, yeah, a lot of 80s, 90s like family sitcoms, uh, he was involved in uh, the creation and development of, most notably Dinosaurs, which is yes, yeah. a massive, massive thing. And also, in recent years, um, the series has been revived as Girl Meets World. Spoiler alert, Corey and Topanga get married. Similar sort of coming-of-age type sitcom aired for a few seasons, I think. It's I think okay. three, okay. three years, I yeah, think, it ran for. Um, yeah, about about their, their children uh, yeah. going to school.
0: So, yeah, because it was such a popular show, I think it just ended because, I guess, they'd told all they needed to tell like yeah. they'd, they'd led Corey through childhood and now he got married and it's like well that's closing that chapter yep. and then I guess yeah I, it was a show that I think it was popular there was a lot of enthusiasm about it being revived I guess it just wasn't as wasn't as popular not as popular idea, obviously, it got cancelled after three seasons, I think. Yeah, but that's, that's
1: not bad going. Oh, absolutely, as, no. As, as as we will see today, uh, <laughs> yeah. three seasons is not a milestone that uh, every show reaches. <laughs> yes, definitely. So this
0: episode of Boy Meets World that we're going to watch, I've told you guys before that this isn't a... It's a much beloved show, but it's not the funniest of episodes, this one, because it tackles quite a serious uh, subject and a bit of a, a serious atmosphere in this episode because i mean the premise of these particular episodes that we're watching is they link him with in sabrina which was episode eight was it of season two yes. where salem eats a time ball and he sends sabrina and the gang all to the swinging 60s and this one he sends all the the kids in boy meets world to the 1940s so yeah tackles tackles world war two in this episode guys yikes in, yeah, these children just being shipped off because they are of age and need to fight for the country. Yeah, Tackling the the war in a otherwise funny nineties children's
1: sitcom. Before we watch it, what are your thoughts? Um, it's bold, but I mean, yeah, obviously relating it to In Gadda Sabrina, obviously that dealt with a lot of sort of uh, issues uh, relating to the nineteen sixties and how sort of time time had moved on uh, in the intervening thirty years and probably educated a lot of kids about basically made them check their privilege yeah made them realize <laughs> that you no know, back then it wasn't so easy and yeah. uh, particularly in the 1940s it was not so easy because you were being sent off to die yeah. so uh, yeah probably interesting uh, move probably quite a bold move and probably quite a um probably quite a positive move to possibly educate a younger audience about what they may have been going through if they were adolescence in the Mm 1940s yeah and if it is a good show i assume obviously a coming of age show like that probably does have a lot of sort of pathos probably deals quite well with emotion as sabrina does when it needs to so without having ever seen the show but knowing it ran for a long time and it was beloved in the way it was i'm hoping it is able to handle it in quite quite a sensitive sort of um mature way without completely stepping away from the fact it's a (laughs) kid sick.
0: <laughs> Yeah I mean this particular episode you say about running for a long time uh, so no guts no Corey this is season 5 episode 6 so season 5 already in 1998 so it's well established everyone it won't be surprising everyone in this show is great like yeah. it's acted so so well this episode yeah isn't particularly laugh out loud because it tackles a bit of a serious subject but there is one particular joke which I had to pause because I thought it was fantastic great. Uh, Chris have you got any thoughts about this how do you expect a serious topic to be covered in uh in a, a family sitcom. Because we've seen them try to do it in Sabrina. All I've got in my head is everybody dies. <laughs> kind of like Blackadder
1: style.
2: Yeah. It, oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit... if You know, I'm a little bit tentative about it, shall we say. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. It's a kid sitcom and you're yeah. sending them to bloody war. Is there instant peril?
0: Well, World War Two is pretty perilous, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard the news.
1: Yeah, it's not not... Most- not so it's instant peril as constant peril uh, World War 2 I'll, so, uh, yeah. uh, I'll take constant peril I'll take constant peril
0: no worries yeah so here we go uh, no guts no Corey this is boys meet boy meets world hey
3: when the spy meets world
0: Well, there we go, chaps. That's Boy Meets World. Yes. Um, I take back what I said earlier. This is a very funny episode. Watching it it a second time, it's
1: very, very funny. I laughed a lot. I mean, it's it's weird because it's clearly anything but a typical episode of this show. Yeah. Even this being the only episode I've seen, I'm sure it's usually absolutely nothing like that. However... The way that they're able to parody sort of like war movies mm-hmm. and just generally like nineteen forties sort of like um, expressions and um, sensibilities shows that clearly the people involved in writing this show are very smart and very funny. And also the way it was acted, which again is probably different to the way it would be normally performed, because you can tell that again they were sort of sending up the whole sort of like melodramatic nineteen forties-ness yeah. of it all. Um, again, shows that the the, the, uh, the actors are talented, at least talented comic actors. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I want to see more episodes of this show. Oh, absolutely. That's that's one thing I can take away from that after just watching that one, which is towards you
0: know a few seasons away from its en- the end of its run, makes me want to start yes. watching it. So, um, but yeah, I think what you said there is is good. That this isn't an episode sort of making light of the war. Ever it is like a a parody of yeah, like wartime. Movies, yes. all-time cinema and stuff, because it's very similar to the soap opera episode. Yeah, how you know everything? Everyone says "gosh" and "golly" and "darn." Yeah, and, yeah, big lug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. I mean, there's nothing saying that people didn't say things like that. but We only hear sort of phrases like well, that. We don't from, say, like. We're, they don't say it nowadays. Yeah, maybe.
2: I don't think I've ever once heard someone caught refer to someone else as a big lug. <laughs> Unless you were doing some DIY and you're going,
0: look, can you pass us that
1: big lug. <laughs> or feels... or if if you're wearing uh, if you're wearing a certain brand of boots popular oh, around yeah. about the turn of the millennium uh, and you, your feet were large Yeah. Like... Obviously I heard from you Graham. Chris, did you enjoy this episode? Yeah? Oh, it
2: yeah, I mean, it was it was an episode, mate. I can't I I think first words were I wasn't emotionally invested, but it's watchable. Yeah, very much I, so. I, I did laugh a couple of times. It was it was it was an episode, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's it, was stri- just, it was just it just quick. Just yeah. happened, a, yeah. lot happened. Yeah. a lot. Happened a lot. Happened so much happened, and then I was like, in what was it? Twenty three minutes span? Roughly, yeah, yeah. yeah roughly twenty three. So much happened in twenty three minutes. I just I was like, right, okay.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it was like how the later episodes of Sabrina from this season that we've just finished yeah. are like a lot happens, but I don't think it gets too messy. I think that I think no. everything is yeah. keeps well, moving. I think it's very. It's, a, it's like four, four years happened yeah. in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it very much did.
2: Yeah, did. four years happened in two minutes. That's all. That's what I mean. It just a lot
1: happened. <laughs> they covered the entirety of America in World War Two, from uh, Declaration of War to. Um, the uh, victory in Europe so uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> quite quite a lot there yeah
0: but uh, yeah it's strange watching an episode uh, a show you've never seen before in the middle of its run but I think we've got a good good idea of what the show is like and why it was so successful I think everyone in this show is so good yeah. in it yeah I mean it, it'd be interesting to see what they're like in season one or am sure it's you know just like the kids from Harry Potter for example the yeah, first course, few moves yeah. were a bit watching now you're a bit like mm. yeah the yeah, first, but... first two were a bit but you think, well, you're you know, 11, 12 and stuff and this is your first real acting gig, but yeah, by now, they're all, yeah, comic timing is down
1: to a T. I think everyone in this is so, so good. You can tell that everyone is, like, you can tell it's a sitcom, like, several years into its run because everybody is so comfortable in their roles. Yeah. Even though their roles are kind of distorted a bit here, so we're probably not seeing, like, a accurate representation. You can just tell, even put in this sort of unusual circumstance, they're really comfortable with their characters yeah. and what they're supposed to be, and also the writers are really clearly. There's a lot of good synergy between the writers and the cast in terms of like writing character consistent because You can see how comfortable the actors are with the lines they're being given mm. and delivering them as their character.
0: Um, so I'm, mm. uh, so I'm not going to be doing this with all the episodes. I mean, well, Teen Angel, um, you know, I've got like half a page of notes. You wish, yeah, I could probably memorise it at the top of my head because <laughs> I've not written a lot about it. I'll, I'll guide through this particular episode of Boy Musical because I think it's. It was a good episode, I think it's just worth sort of uh, exploring, chatting about. But before we do, Graham, again, the research
1: man. Just tell us a bit about the the main cast. Unfortunately, I mean, I've mentioned already um, Ben Savage, who obviously plays uh, plays Corey, our protagonist. He's unfortunately much like his brother Fred, who is only really known for the Wonder Years. He's not really done too much aside from that either. Yeah. Um, If you're looking for somebody, though, who has a, a... Storied an interesting career. Uh, Look no further than a curmudgeonly teacher, Mr. Feeney, played by William Daniels. He was part of a singing and dancing variety act with his uh, brothers and sisters. Right. So he's literally a lifelong show business uh, man. He played Dustin Hoffman's dad in The Graduate. Okie kokey And imagine him saying, I can't let you do that, Michael, because he was the voice of Kit.
2: Wow,
1: really? That is cool. And also, he was president of the Screen Actors Guild from 1999 to 2001. Oh, excellent. Um, he was also in Girl Meets World. Yeah. And he's, I don't know if he's still acting, but he's still alive and well uh, in his 90s. Wow. Um, as we as we speak. We've um, managed to get back to Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes, I'm, ju- I'm
2: just
0: happy about that. <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've heard that. It's what radio station is it that does? Is it like seven degrees of... Bacon or something Kevin. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's kind of like this. I think every everything we talk about, every different strand, some episodes of Sabrina, they always come back to Hasselhoff. It always gets to Hasselhoff.
3: Yeah.
1: What is with David Hasselhoff? He is the one constant in our lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want
2: him to be, though, Graham. <laughs> <We> I don't <laughs> want him to be. Me
1: neither, <laughs> but he's inescapable. Yeah, he's a pervy deity which keeps this whole the globe revolving. Oh, I mean, he, he haunts our screens every ad break at the moment, doesn't he? So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean is played by a man with just the most porn star name. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Ryder Strong.
2: Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ryder, Ryder Strong. Strong.
1: His only other like, really notable credit... Um, as an actor, it was uh, Eli Roth's Cabin Fever, if you remember that. Uh, oh my that God! It's a grisly little horror film uh, from the 2000s. But as uh, as a as a writer, he has two very notable things to his name. He and his brother uh, wrote a uh, Tribeca-winning short film called Irish Twins, and he also created a campaign ad for uh, Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. Hey. so that's cool. Um, Matthew Lawrence, uh, who is Jack, uh, you said you recognised him, didn't you, Chris? I thought I recognised him, I didn't. Um, you might actually, because before this, when he was a little younger, he was the son in Mrs Doubtfire.
3: Oh, maybe
1: that's what it was. But, more notably, perhaps, he is from an acting family as well. He's Matthew Lawrence. His brother Joey Lawrence, the same Joey Lawrence who starred in Melissa and Joey with our very own Melissa Joan Hart. Excellent. And uh, the uh, infamous uh, Topanga uh, Danielle Fischel. Again, not really much of a, an actor, but she has gone on to be a quite popular like, TV host on like MTV and yeah. the, the Style Network and Pop Sugar and all, yeah. all all that sort of like celebrity gossipy fashion-y uh, yeah, yeah. TV. She presents a lot of that. So yeah, a. Uh, not a sterling cast in terms of their uh, their careers before and after necessarily, but they all play their roles very very well. But
0: yeah, as as uh, we uh, said before, the premise of this uh, the, the reason why we're doing these episodes is because they involve uh, Salem and Sabrina through the old time ball antics. So this episode rightfully opens with Salem complaining about the hippies he's just escaped from. because yeah. this is the episode that um, proceeded right after the whole hippie when we were initially confused why he ran off, and then. Next minute, everything's all wrapped up and it's nice. We complained that oh, they just ran out of time, but it's not. It was. And then visitors after... complained <laughs> that we don't
1: Google anything,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is why we, we have we have um, we have done the
1: Google for fuck's sake act, which is what we've done uh, for the last episodes since. Also, this this uh, episode where we look into these shows is also kind of an apology. <laughs> yeah it's like an apology rap it absolutely is yeah it's like a
0: statement just in funny form uh, yeah so Salem is complaining about the hippies he's just escaped from uh, we then head to class where everyone is learning about World War 2 in a very sort of serious and respectful way I it guess. was very sombre yeah it was like it was sort of tackling the serious nature of this episode very early on just thank you for all bringing uh, meaningful items from your families through the war. Let's not, um, you know, let's not forget these wonderful soldiers. Thank you very much. It was, yeah, it was very. It was like yeah. like a, a
1: lesson we were part of, which yeah. is nice. Definitely setting the the tone, I guess, for the topic. Also, very interesting hearing um, World War Two being taught by a man old enough to remember it. Oh God, yeah, yeah. of course,
0: yeah. yeah. Corey in particular can't imagine uh, what life would have been like in 1941. Suddenly playing up to the black cat equals bad luck superstition. Salem rocks up and whilst picking him up, Corey says those magical words. I wonder what it would have been like during World War Two. And hey mm. presto, that digested time ball works a charm. And there yeah. we go. And, and different to uh, when, Sabrina, when the time ball went into effect in Sabrina, we went through sort of like a, a tunnel. It was all lots of groovy colours. This one, it's all
1: camouflage, yeah. isn't it? Symbolised different era now. Since he's eaten the time ball. Yes. It would be good if he burped and that took people back. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, you know, farted. Or or farted. Well, I want want time travel by flatulence. (laughs)
2: Yeah, because Salem does go Well,
0: here we go! Yeah, here we go again. So the opening titles and what's weird is despite never seeing the show before I did know the theme tune. Yes. Um, It's very sort of what, uh, Beach Boys esque, isn't yes, so it? With a nineties twist. Oh, I've got with a nineties twist. But we laughed because um, it kind <laughs> of
2: yeah. We we went from this this like somber, smooth tone of oh, I wonder what it would be like in, to be in the nineteen forties, and then out of nowhere this big, lovely, chirpy music comes on. Yeah.
1: Don't, Be- don't we get the outbreak of war
0: before we yes. get yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. so
0: just before the music, uh, you know, Corey is so chuffed that America hasn't gotten mixed up in that darn war yet. But it turns out that they have this very second declared <laughs> yes. war, and Corey and his friends must now enlist. So... Uh, yes fuck me, it gets serious very quickly and suddenly it's just, Boy Meets World! (laughs) It's just, it proper takes the seriousness out of it. So after that delightful music, there's a serious soundtrack playing as Corey's mum and dad are horrified at their two children being carted off to war. Well, one child actually. As Eric has got flat feet and he's too ticklish and he's therefore a high torture risk. Yeah,
2: I, I, like, haven't seen any of Boy Meets World but I'm going to go with Eric's bit of an idiot. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, his, his
0: older sort of a daft brother yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: Eric we didn't mention actually when we were doing the cast rundown he's played by a guy called Will Friedel, or possibly Friedler um again not too much of an actor in terms of his his um Acting in in the flesh, however, he's a prolific, and I mean prolific, cartoon voice actor. Oh, really? He's played everybody from Batman to Deadpool. He's yeah, excellent. And uh, most notably, he's Ron Stoppable in Kim Possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, they're making a live yeah, action, live action yeah, yeah. movie of Kim Possible. Yeah, Kim Possible. Yeah. Kim was quite great, wasn't it? Call uh, me,
2: big me if you wanna reach me. <laughs>
1: So you say you don't know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> so Chris, Chris is an
0: aficionado yeah, of yeah. Uh, of all things Charmed and Kim Possible. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. So another
1: bonus episode.
0: <laughs> Corey's girlfriend Topanga turns up to invite Corey to watch a big band, but he tells her... It's that Glenn he... Miller, by the way. Oh, is it Glenn Miller? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, Glenn Miller, cool. This is before his, his infamous disappearance. Yes, of course. Uh, but he tells her that he's enlisted <laughs> and she must accept his imminent death. Just that, like... Yeah. He keeps, he keeps Yeah. Say- well, he keeps saying, I'm not saying goodbye.
1: I'm not saying goodbye, but it kind of is. Does anybody actually say the word dead? Don't, I don't think so. Was that a censorship thing? Was that you can't say die or death in this kid's show? I mean, it's clearly not enough across the board thing because yeah. Ryan Cranston says death in an episode sort of Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, no, I I won't accept that he's gone. Is that as well? Yeah, gone. I think they yeah. just say yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a conscious decision. Maybe not like the network saying you can't say that but maybe like from the right side we don't don't want to we don't want to even though we're talking about war and we imply that the main character dies at one point (laughs) we don't want to address death head on like literally death (laughs) death die the the fine with torture but yeah not saying the word
2: death Uh, death. uh, the fine with torture because they were talking about tickle torture which is a completely (sighs) fine thing to talk about it's not it's not torture by bamboo shoots up the fingernails
0: yeah no no
1: yeah, or that's electrocuting you knackers. Places. Yeah, yeah. your knackers yeah. cane style. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, at the Shipping Out dance, they're
1: singing a song which has just been written, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's Bugle Boy of Company B, which was a popular uh, like wartime uh, hit. But uh, I imagine it was probably at least... Um, month or two into the war before somebody got round to writing a song like that yeah I
0: mean well, the only confusing thing about this episode is there's no grasp of time like four years is spread out over two minutes yeah um, again we don't know how long it's gone from just the previous scene it could have been a couple of months it could have been training yeah. and then yes yeah, suddenly yeah the the the. no no, no no
2: it was, was shipping out the next day that was the Oh yes, are, we're shipping out tomorrow. It was,
1: we're shipping out tomorrow. It was it literally was tomorrow. tomorrow. That's okay. the one occasion where we can actually follow <laughs> the time yeah. yeah, the rest of
0: it's a blur. Uh, at the shipping out dance, there are a lot of gollies and gosh darns thrown around, not to mention a very delightful, melodramatic, sort of soap opera score.
1: Yes, I love that there's so much mm. swelling strings yeah. in this, uh, this uh, again, it's, it's, the war, it's a bit like soap. It's also, it's like the wartime the wartime films, Any emotional moment is accompanied by like a huge uh, swell of violins and uh, yeah just general general,
2: uh... would
0: you you go as far as saying crescendo?
1: yes crescendo that's what I was looking
0: for there you go so it might be a serious subject but everyone in the show is making sure not to make it like a morbid episode so it's delightfully hammy I think it's very it's good fun like I said there's so many gosh darns and then there's a bit of like a it turns into a bit like of a gay joke, but not like an offensive gay joke. Jack, is it, yeah? Yes. The, uh, Jack is going off to war, and obviously Eric is too ticklish and flat-footed to go. So he just gives him a picture and asks yeah. him to hang it above his bed or whatever.
1: You know? well, he says put it in your, in your foxhole, like oh, in your trench, which yeah. is yeah, 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 exactly yeah. what he does, and is then uh, ridiculed for it by the, uh, by <laughs> no, the other it, guys, just as, just as he predicted. Yes, I yeah. wouldn't go as far as <laughs> say ridiculed, but
2: looks were given... Yeah, Yeah. looks Looks
0: were given. But he went, went, people
1: will talk. And he goes, I know, it's a great photo. that's so funny of course if uh, there was if there was actually suspicion that you were gay in the 1940s they probably would have just thrown him behind enemy lines <laughs> and gunned down yeah mm. that's true so yeah. um, but they they yeah they don't make it a
0: morbid topic they're all sort of laughing and joking the melodramatic soap opera music is playing when um sort of Panga and Corey kind of propose don't they not yeah. official with a ring but they he sort of promises himself to her if if he gets out of all this yeah. alive basically yeah I'll, I'll see you when i get back' is, yeah. is basically uh we're in the trenches and the boys are suspecting one of them is a hope homosexual because Corey's brother Eric gave his mate a photo of himself uh, suddenly a tank crashes through the trenches sorry my mistake a massive postman enters the trench with a letter for Corey from his beloved
1: Topanga he starts reading it but his inner monologue is too loud for his comrades yes also this postman I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but he's having fun. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> he's, 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 on he's only on screen for about thirty seconds, but God, does he! Yes, it's like, did you read my mail? Maybe. I'm amazed. I, I gotta get my way through this war somehow. <laughs> I'm amazed that trench. There was anything after that trench afterwards because he is chewing that scenery. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. So they,
0: he's reading it, and uh, yeah, his dad is sort of because uh, his dad's the, the general, I guess, or the major, or yeah. whatever. Um, and he says, he said, Corey. Can you quiet down? We've all got letters to yes. read, and then Topanga's voice is then, "Love you always." That's it. it's very funny. Uh, Just then, an explosion is heard, and the boys are rushed out of the trench. Corey begs his mate Sean to marry
1: Topanga if he doesn't make it out of this war alive. Again, that is a trope, and I'm sure there will be many films that have dealt with it. Yeah, uh, of of war movies, mm-hmm. you know, you you make sure my best gal is, uh, you know, is, is looked after yeah. and gets everything she exactly. ever wanted. Uh, but it, what
2: was it? It was like uh, I, I don't think I could. Kiss Topanga, it'd be like kissing you. I'm not saying kiss the girl, I'm
1: saying marry her. It's yeah. brilliant. It's very, very funny. And there's an even racier joke of that nature later on, which uh, we'll get to. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, another one. Yeah.
0: It's really setting audiences up for this is an episode where we're going to we're gonna give off the impression that Corey will die. Yes. Like it's, yeah. And it's a difficult thing for, you know, people... I mean, we were eight when this episode would have been on, obviously we didn't yeah. watch it, but that would have been a bit of a difficult thing to prepare yourself for, like this... This show that's revolving around one of your favorite characters on TV, one of the most
1: popular characters on TV for kids especially, and he might die in this episode. And bear in mind, you know this isn't a fantasy. This is time travel. Yeah, presumably, so if they if they died in this 1940s that they've been taken back to, that'd be it.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter how many times Salem burps, like he ain't coming <laughs> yeah. back. My favorite, one of my favorite jokes of the show, um, is uh, Corey's mum. Well, she's riveting, isn't she? Yes. And, yeah. she's and fixing an aeroplane wing. Yeah, <laughs> in her backyard. Yeah, in her a backyard. Mis- Mr. Did. Feeny comes in
1: aeroplanes.
0: Oh, and a Mr. Feeney comes in and goes, "Amy, you're riveting." Oh, thank you," she says.
1: Yes very clever you joke you can't though. have people riveting and not make that joke <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's brilliant also she's dressed as um, Rosie the Riveter yeah the the, uh, the bicep curling yes the bicep curling uh, lady that was on a a, a World War 2 uh, propaganda poster yeah. in America I so, recognise oh, Koshyuma yeah. I was thinking I can't remember what it's from but yeah it is, it is exactly and that and she also says and is, is said, it like the war starts at home or something like that or is that something else it's just like we can do it or something like that something Like that, yeah. um, it's about like women stepping in to do men's jobs during the war as they wonderfully did um, and also the lady who that poster was based on uh, obviously it was a cartoon but it was based on an actual photograph yeah. that uh, the uh, cartoonist saw of a, a lady working in a, um, a plane factory she died last year oh, um, oh really yeah. yeah. and uh, Mr Feeney asks her why aren't you down at the uh, airplane factory with Rosie and the other girls so again yeah. with the reference to Rosie the Riveter. But yeah, I, I like the riveting joke.
0: Yeah, very, very fun. Um, Corey's mum helps with the war effort while Salem uses all of his effort to avoid being killed in this war. He tries to call Sabrina so she can rescue him as there is no kitty litter in 1941. And he's dying. Uh, all I'm going to say is, it, it was a it was a short little scene,
2: another one with Salem, but man, that puppet's earwork was outstanding. Dandy. and yeah. this is the old puppet as this well this is the old puppet yeah it's the old puppet but the there was good earwork. work i haven't seen that good earwork work before does that i know what i
0: mean yeah I, yeah yeah as long as you do no one else has no one that. else and i and obviously i i really get off on character development and oh, it's you nice do, to, I do. yeah and oh that explains a lot and what Why i like is sticky and <laughs> <laughs> what i like is that um oh that
1: arc yeah, look, at, <laughs> oh, look at the arc oh, on oh,
0: that look at
2: that Oh, character development! Mm, ooh, on, love, get
0: your subplots out. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. We learn that Salem is a respectful shitter. He will only he only feels comfortable shitting in something that's allocated to him. He won't go and shit outside. He won't go and shit on or piss on anywhere else. He likes likes going. He won't in, go in your to your the designated vortex to uh, secrete to the poo realm. Yeah, he likes going in the toilet specially designed for him. So. Salem is house-trained, which is nice. It's only taken 25 years, but he is uh, yeah. he's house-trained. One thing I did think about Salem, though, is... Everyone's gone back in time. Yes. What if Salem was at large during this time? Like, the like human Salem. Would that happen? Or is, is it only one
1: person per time? I think scale? it's like... I think these sort of time periods that he takes them back to... They're like realms of their own, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, it, it almost like... The time almost creates its own realm within this time period where everybody from the present day is there, they, they're they not conscious of being there, they're mm-hmm. not conscious of their uh, 90s life. You know, their school may have been around in the 1940s, but they're not yeah. all of a sudden surrounded by a lot of people they don't know from back then, are they?
2: So it's like, rather than them being taken back in time, it's time being brought forward to them
1: yes yes
2: yeah. I'm with you I
1: they got don't you. Go, they go to the 40s the 40s don't... comes to them yes, yes exactly yeah.
0: or it's like if you order a pizza yeah <laughs> yeah or oh, I guess it's like if you were from the 90s getting transported to the 40s so that's how I many is that 50 years yeah. yeah people from the 40s have been transported to the 1890s Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. Everyone's yeah. Everybody, everybody, has, everybody moves back yeah. everybody moves <laughs> <laughs> yeah one person <laughs> shuffles the other one shuffles
1: back yeah it,
2: it, it, it's not what happens not like what happens in back to the future where it's like this is time we've gone from here yeah, to there, yeah. and there no no it's just everyone everyone gets
0: moved back <laughs> Everyone shifted a gear it's yeah. like
2: we're going back <laughs> move back time reversing
0: <laughs> back in the trenches and Corey shows off the ring he's promised to give Topanga out of his crackerjack box yes is it candy um, Cracker Jacks. Are they yeah. crackers? Yeah, they'd be crackers. Oh, mate. Biscuits, yeah, they biscuits, aren't they? Biscuits.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna Google for fuck's sake. Yeah, Google um, for fuck's sake. Cracker Jack is an American brand of snack consisting of molasses-flavored caramel-coated popcorn and peanuts. Peanuts uh Excellent. well known for being uh, being packaged with a prize of trivial value inside
3: <laughs> 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 it's what it
0: said you you might like it but only if you really put your mind to it around since 1896 Corey shows off the ring as we said that he's going to give to Topanga and it seems like he'll be able to make good on that promise as the radio announcer reveals that the war in Europe is over everyone cheers they can't believe it. that's it the war is over everyone cheers and Corey runs out of the trench to celebrate and head back to Philly however it seems he has jumped if you pardon the pun the gun as a ceasefire will be declared in 24 hours then, another explosion goes off, leaving nothing but his dog tags behind.
1: Then we fade to black for a commercial break. Yeah, Fucking ma- hell. my goodness. That would, that, would have been a, that would have been a tense few minutes for the uh, the uh, avid viewers of Boy Meets World but back yeah. there in uh, 98. Goodness me. Because, yeah, as we said, I don't think they've said, I'm going to die. When I
0: die, marry Topanga. But just before this explosion, he said, remember, you're going to make good on that promise. And he's like, no, Topanga, you and Topanga are meant to be. You are soulmates. And he's like, Yes. But if I don't make it, you have to marry her. And then he runs off, gets blown up. Uh, Sean catches his dog tags and they yeah. just black. slowly fade to black. Yeah, we, we talked about black adder, Yeah, over the
1: top. Kaboom. Yeah. yeah. Just like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Terrifying. <clears throat> Amy, uh, Corey's mother, is still riveting everything she can because if she stops, then it means that the
1: war truly is over. Therefore, Corey isn't coming home. That's quite a tragic thing. It's played yeah. for laughs. Because she's riveted the door so nobody can get in and out the house. but, yeah, um... but that is
2: tragic.
0: Yeah. It, it was that moment of, oh, wow, feelings. Yeah. Again, you get that in a lot of, uh, I guess in real life as well, but on a lot of TV and film if... Someone's mourning the the loss of a child, or that someone's gone missing. Like, I'm not going to start grieving for them because it means that yeah, it, it means that they're not coming back. Yeah. yeah, it's like keeping their room as it was. Yeah, And, Man. and it, but yeah, again, it's played for laughs, but it is it's a very serious thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, that's reversed when uh, she's riveted even the door, and no one can get yeah. through. And she goes, "I'm just waiting for Corey to walk through that door. He won't be able to. Because <laughs> <laughs> the door's riveted shut. Tapanga and Sean pop over, asking for news, but no word yet. So Sean proposes to Topanga and gets a slap in his face. Maybe I should have said
1: that it was Corey's final <laughs> wish before we did it. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh. Because okay. <laughs> everyone's just like going out like, oh my God, you, insensitive, yeah, it's like you insensitive. Your best
2: friend is not coming back from the war. And you want to
0: marry his sweetheart, you cold-hearted bastard, you. <laughs> But then yeah, this he gets a bit racy. Is yeah. this the scene? because he says, he says knowing Corey, he'll come in just after the honeymoon and uh, get it all annulled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If Corey comes back, I'll call it off just after the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he'll come back after banged up, preferably, and then we'll uh, get oh, it all, annulled. Yeah. Yeah, all done. Man. Yeah, sure. Bit really. racy there, sure. Yeah.
2: But but <laughs> at the same time. No
1: one would have realised yeah. that that's what he was on about. Yeah, yeah. it's all fine. We, we didn't know. We thought you were. Dead. Apart from the adults that were seemingly tuning in, because again, it's uh, evening, like family sitcom time. So that, that's the that's the family element. The mums and dads would be like, "Ha ha!"
0: And this was obviously one of the most popular shows on the network. So this would have been like one of the first ones in the TGIF yeah. uh, runs. Also, this would have been racier than Sabrina, but on before Sabrina. Yeah, not so not, not necessarily in this year, but uh, yeah. So yeah, he says that it was Corey's final wish, so they agree to get married. You're not happy, Eric says. You're not Corey. Oh, man. No. Amy then tells her other son, Eric, to go be a hero and find Corey in France, regardless of whether he'll die or not. Yeah. <laughs> you risk your life to find our favourite son. No, the,
2: the war was over. You know, the no risk of no risk of death, I yeah, guess. Oh well, yeah, but you know,
0: it's Eric's definitely
1: implied she doesn't give a shit about <laughs> Eric
0: whether he dies or not. Yeah.
1: Because he's this goof who spent the whole war pretending he's guarding the liberty belt yeah. the Nazis. <laughs> so um...
0: We head to a French cafe where we find Corey snogging a French broad. He's lost his memory, but somehow has a newfound love for portrait painting, which may restore his brain. He better do it fast though because Topanga is about to marry Sean. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, Eric and, uh, and Jack arrive in France as the ugly Americans that they are and start harassing the staff. Hey lady, you seen this man? He says as he passes the waitress a photo. He looks familiar, but no, we don't get many ghosts in here. Eric, why do you have a photo of Corey's Halloween costume? (laughs) Pretty scary, huh? Boo!
1: He just just, just, moves the picture and goes, boo! (laughs) Boo.
0: (laughs) So all this time he's been showing a picture of Corey dressed as a ghost.
1: Classic Eric.
0: (laughs) Again, that was a very laugh out loud. Yeah, his delivery of it is wonderful. So silly, but really, really good. Speaking of said ghost, Gory. Uh, gory. Gory. <laughs> gory. That wouldn't <laughs> be a ghost. That, that's Gory in ghost form. Um. Speaking of said ghost, Gory, or rather Pierre, the tortured French artiste, enters and refuses to leave with them, claiming he loves his new French lady and therefore proposes to her. Back in the States, and Topanga objects to marrying Sean, so she hops on the next plane to that French cafe to interrupt his le wedding. Just in the nick of time, too, because they kiss. And it's the beautiful girl from his paintings. They smooch and leave together.
1: Yeah, Corey's uh, French uh, love interest is called Versailles, which is Versailles, right. yes. brilliant. I did yeah. like that. Obviously, Treaty of Versailles, the peace agreement at the end of World War One, not two, but still. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah. nice reference. Nice, so, yeah, well, yeah nice little reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like that. Yeah. yeah, she was born
0: around that time. She would have been yeah. So yeah, yeah, in yeah. celebration. In practice. celebration. Yeah. Oh, let's call our daughter. Versailles. Yeah, it and good. again, following the melodramatic sort of soap opera thing, the fact that Topanga has just hopped on a plane in her wedding outfit yeah. and she's arrived just in the nick of time Tra- outside this random
1: French cafe. Yeah, a transatlantic flight probably would have taken you, I don't know, a good uh, good four or five hours at that well, time. Well, if four so... years can last two minutes, yeah. then I guess, what, like three
0: seconds? Yeah, maybe.
2: but I, it also makes it seem... It's got a very Shakespearean-esque to it in terms of, like, time and travel and whatnot. It's like, Shakespeare didn't have a fucking clue how long it took to go from Italy to Spain. But yeah, he wrote it as if it was, like, the next day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean fine.
0: it's the same it's the same yeah, it's fine but again I think uh, the thing that does this episode really well is yeah it's so so hammy so cheesy yeah, yeah very much like our soap opera episode as, as Westbridge turns uh, anyway back in school and Corey is about to pop the question to Topanga again but the time ball resets itself back to the 1990s and he gives Topanga that crackerjack box ring he had throughout the war the credits roll and Salem runs out of the Boy Meets World set and hangs out in a skip.
1: Yeah, he talks to a guy in Top Hat and Tails. He's yeah. calling him
0: Tim Allen,
1: I yeah, think. He looked yeah, you like Tim Allen. I didn't really understand what was going on here. No, yeah,
0: well, I'm a bit confused because he's he's outside like the, the lot, as such, of, and you see on, on the wall Boy Meets World and stuff. So, is that making Boy Meets World, like, is a TV show within Sabrina? Or... Boy Meets World is real life that's all happened but it's just kind of like a cameo of the name of the show I don't it, know it like, like the j- Boy Meets World in Sabrina is actually something completely
1: different kind of like a last action hero kind of <laughs> joke it, um, yeah, yeah it raises too many questions which they definitely don't have the answers to they're, just, <laughs> yeah. they're just trying to be like oh let's that, be like oh how, how do you get Salem out of Boy Meets World? Oh, how, how, how about he says, oh, I'm sick of France. I want to go to L.A. And then he just runs outside and he's <laughs> yeah, in, he's in yeah. Hollywood because it's a studio. Unless yeah. they're going really meta
2: with it and going, it's all a TV program. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe. It's like he's gone from the Sabrina set where he was in the in the 60s to the Boy Meets World set where he's been in the 40s and now he's going to the next set. And it's they're going, yeah, no, we're going to just go, yeah, TV show. Don't worry about it we
0: live inside a dream yes um, but yeah as for this show guys talking about it revisiting it again yeah it's a very good show I think yeah. very. As, as I said at the top it makes me want to watch more of it yeah. whether I actually do but it does make me yeah. encourage me to, to watch more of it Uh, So, after this episode, we then go into, um, well, we would go into You Wish, where they travel into the 1950s, that one. Episode seven, which, funnily enough, was the last episode before it was cancelled. That good, eh? Um, But, uh, because we can't find that particular episode, um, we're going to get straight into Teen Angel. So, Teen Angel, fellas.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to, I know nothing, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to hazard a guess that it is about a teenager that either is or has a guardian angel that's very very true and and it could go either one of these two ways of the fact that the guardian angel can't be seen and it's just like a jiminy cricket character
1: mm-hmm.
2: or the guardian angel is trying to live life as a normal boy yeah like so very pinocchio it's either, it's either Pinocchio. Or
0: Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, he is a being that only our lead character can see. However,
1: he was his friend who died. He was, yes. He... So, oh god, if it shares a concept with anything, it's Randall and Hopkirk deceased. Yes, yeah, yes. that was a good show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, so he was alive, and Steve, I think the the,
0: the main yeah. character is. He dared his mate Marty, who is the angel. Whoa. Marty is the dead guy in Randall and Hopkirk as well. He is,
1: yeah. You're Marty Hopkirk, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. How about the parallels? Same universe. And if I remember rightly, Marty died because Steve dared him to eat an old hamburger he found out found under his bed and he ate it and instantly died. So Steve killed his mate. Steve killed his mate. Why does Marty want to hang around with him? <laughs> Steve killed his mate, yeah. and now his
2: mate is constantly hanging around, so he can feel the guilt I guess of murdering so. his best friend so is he more, every is he more, day. Is he more haunting him than being a guardian angel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's haunting he's, him, and he's he's made the excuse that he's the guardian angel. He's
0: definitely haunting us, though. Like this, it's, it's what what. See if you get this impression from watching um, this show. This, to me, is like. Sabrina's great and all, but what if we could make a better show because it stars a man instead? Oh, We get... I get the, this feeling from Teen Angel and You Wish. It's, yeah, Sabrina's good and all, but what if we could do it with a boy instead? And it just... And it... Sabrina appears in this episode, and but she's, like, constantly, like, ridiculing and making out how lame this idea of the show is. It's such a strange... Show So, yeah, see if you get this impression from, uh, yeah. from this episode in particular. I'm so
2: sorry. I did have to just look up the uh, the summary of Teen Angel. It's very short. But you are right about the hamburger, so bear with me. Here we go. It, 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 there's a certain bit. You'll get it. After eating a six-month-old hamburger, <laughs> Marty DiPolo dies, and God's cousin, Rod, yes. <laughs> appoints him as his, as his best friend's guardian angel. Yeah, sorry, just got um,
0: me, tickled me. This, yeah. I mean, this particular episode we're going to watch. So this is the third part of this crossover event. Uh, it's called One Dog Night. In this episode, Steve's mom. Uh, they travel back to the 1970s, and she's talking about how sort of free loving and how much, uh, how much, how much sex she got in the 1970s. Effectively, oh, how much okay. romance she had, oh, and she wow. wishes she could go back in there where men weren't afraid to approach her. Uh, but no man, is, no man is good for her, apart from her best friend, which is the dog. So they turn the dog into a human being, and they go out clubbing. Wait, who turns the dog into a human being? Marty. Marty and oh, Steve. Oh, Marty's got magical Mar- powers Mar- as yeah. well. Marty and Steve turn the dog into a human being. The dog is played by a former porn star, and I kid you not, he is the best actor in this show. Right. He's His comic timing and his facial expressions are amazing so they turn the dog into a former porn star <laughs> no. that's what i've just heard there <laughs> no, well, yeah if you want to interpret it like that teen angel are we ready for a just about watchable show i'm just about ready
2: so which one of you angels is fair
0: Okay, guys. Well, that was Teen Creep. Um, what do we think of it? First of all,
2: uh, it, it happened,
1: mate. Um, it I, was, yeah. Well, mm. now, right. We seem disappointed. <laughs> however, we laughed. Certainly, I laughed a lot of that episode. Yes. How? Yeah. However, no. A good ninety-five percent of my laughs. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. I'd say 97.5. 97.5% 97. Yeah. of my laughs were at a character which only appears in this episode. Yes. To the
2: point where it was the, there is no dog, and it was a plot point specifically <laughs> yeah. for this episode. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: in this episode, yeah, the only... Good character in this show was uh, was Bob Dogman, yeah, <laughs> who was yeah, he's just a uh, former porn star who did porn before and after this, after him, as well, yeah, and well uh, yeah, he got uh, got his profile out there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Brent Brent Jasmer, I think his name was Jasmer, Uh okay. and yeah, it was it was a very funny episode, but just because of him and yeah. God that angel, what? oh a, my God. I know what it is. It's
2: because he's invisible, I can imagine him going into the girls' locker room. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's the magic joel, isn't he? Yeah, yeah,
2: he's the magic joel of but he's got his own show. Yeah. He's, he's, he's magic joel with his own show. He's so creepy.
0: Yeah. Well we might as well might as well meet this uh,
1: creepy son of a gun. Yeah, so give us give us the people behind the show. The people behind the show should not be doing it. Well, wait, find out who they are, Chris, because they're two gentlemen of considerable repute. I was amazed because I already know of these two guys and uh, and their work. Two gentlemen by the name of Al Jean and Mike Rice, right. who were writers during the golden age of The Simpsons. Okay. Um, or the, the early part of the, the golden age, sort of the lead into the golden age. They were showrunners during 1991 and 1992, which is when everything started to come together. Yeah. Um, and also when Nell Scoville was on the staff, and she's a consulting producer of uh, Teen Angel. And yeah, they, they left The Simpsons in 92 to do The Critic, which uh, was a cartoon starring John Lovitz as a uh, film critic named Jay Sherman. Right. Never seen an episode of it, but it did have a very funny crossover episode with The Simpsons okay, later on. Okay. Al Jean returned to The Simpsons and he's been showrunner since 2001. I'm not saying it's all his fault. But it's all his fault. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike Rice, meanwhile, um, against something I've not seen, but I, I know was sort of like quite a big thing at the time and was quite uh, influential. He went on to create a uh, series called Queer Duck. It was like the first sort of really popular webtoon. Which... I do, I do recall. I think I have seen some of it, but I yeah. can't remember. I don't know anything about it. In the late nineties, it then went on to have um, a few series on, yeah. on television as well. So, guys who you know no comedy, but um, yeah. This wasn't uh, This wasn't among yeah. their, uh, their successes. It didn't. It really didn't work.
0: <sighs> yeah, but
1: but we'll we'll to get onto the reasons why. But yeah, as as for, as for who's in it, who is our terrible main cast? Well, uh, a guy by the name of Mike Damus played Marty. Um, he didn't really go on to do anything of note at all. Deservedly so. <laughs> um, but uh, Steve, our uh, Earthbound main character, is a gentleman by the name of Colbin Allred. Um, and thematic link to the last episode. His only other really notable role was he was the main character in a 2003 World War II film. Oh, right. (laughs) Called Saints and Soldiers, which did pretty well and had two sequels. Okay. But then uh, we've got uh, the the man in the sky, brother of God, Rod, uh, played by uh, the great Ron Glass, uh, who fans, and there are many of them, of uh, Joss Whedon's uh, Firefly uh, will know. The mother, the uh, promiscuous, uh, hip uh, mother, uh, Judy, is played... ...by uh, Maureen McCormick, who is best known for playing Marsha in the Brady Bunch, uh, one of the Brady children... Ah. Uh, that was the biggest sitcom in America in the seventies. Oh God, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, she didn't go on to do too much afterwards, and kind of had this stereotypical child star sort of a uh, fall from grace. You no know, problems with cocaine, with bulimia. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, she uh, she overcame it all, and she wrote a book about it in two thousand and eight, an autobiography, which was number four on the New York Times bestsellers list.
0: Wow. It's better, than a- it's better than a kick in the teeth. That's nothing to be sniffed That's at. That's all right. That that is all right. But this this show is. You can just tell from this episode that th- there was clearly a lot of design behind it, a lot of push for it. You know, they've got an other realm sort of area, you know, like floating in space. They've got like some sort of visual effects for magic, so you can tell like there was there was genuine drive to. There was
2: thought behind was thought, it.
0: Let's let's make a male version of Sabrina, but let's ca- instead of be being a relatable schoolgirl that we can all get behind, let's cast a fucking douchebag.
1: Yeah, it's. Star a douchebag. You. It promises so much, like you know, two Simpsons writers coming up with you know a concept like this. It it should it should be funny. Now Scoville being a consultant, now Scoville being a consultant, a lot of talented people involved in this, and this particular episode is funny. But as I say, as we've said, the the two elements of this episode that are funny, one, the man playing the dog turned human, yeah, who is only in this episode, yeah, two. Melissa Joan Hart who's only in this episode turning up a Sabrina to rip the piss out of this dickhead <laughs> yeah. that um, we've been suffering through playing the uh, playing the titular yeah. angel this, this episode could have ve- hmm. sorry Chris this episode could have very easily been a
0: Sabrina episode you could have you could have got Hilda or Zelda a date with with a a stray animal or whatever and you could have had this whole episode
1: just in setting with Sabrina characters it's very stage. like a Sabrina guest star yeah um the way the way that he uh, the way that he plays. And then yeah. partial to a porn star or two. Yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. had so as well. Far. yeah, but he, the dog character is very much like Sabrina Guest Star, isn't He is well written, he is funny, but the difference is take that guest star at the equation, screen. you you've got other good characters that make you laugh, whereas yeah. obviously not seen another episode of Teenager, but it doesn't look like we have them.
2: What I've gathered from this is yeah, there's a guardian angel, but it's not like what I imagined which would be like good and bad sort of thing. It's like, oh no, you don't want to do that and then they use the powers to sort of Show you what would happen if you were to go down that route, and it's but it's not. It's just do me a favor, turn the dog into a man. (laughs) It's like come on, do me a favor. You gotta do this rather than the guardian angel going, hang on a minute.
0: Do you really want to do this? Is this really a good idea? I think
2: that would have been a better premise.
0: Yeah, it's more. It's more. Yeah, do me a favor, turn this, turn this dog into a man. No, I can't do that. Oh, actually, yeah, no, I've changed my mind. I will. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's supposed. It's supposed supposed being the operative word, to be funny, that this just high school doofus. Because he is meant to be, like, it's the classic sort of 80s, 90s sort of character in nearly every teen film from the 80s and 90s. There's always a best friend character that sort of wishes he was a ladies man but he's actually just a creep and a loser yeah, like and a screech I guess, yeah a like screech that yeah. character um, always sort of you know, tries tries to be funny tries to tries to get the girl but the joke is always on him so it's not as if we're supposed to think this guy's cool and he's not it's just he's not funny either Yeah, but it's supposed to be funny that this high school doofus is now an angel and angels are supposed to be wise and responsible and he's not because mm-hmm. he's a 15 year old that's supposed to be the joke it's not funny it's not funny yeah it, yeah. Ju- it just doesn't work it it, it
0: Annoys me. Yeah.
1: He's, more than he's it's supposed to
0: make me laugh. Like he's he's annoying, and every time he comes on, you know he's he's not gonna say anything funny. Yeah. He doesn't say a single thing that's funny. Or if there are any smirks or giggles and stuff, it's just based on something funnier that's just been said yeah. and he's responding to it. Yeah. The idea of the character works, but the actual Ryan of the character really, no. really, really doesn't. And he's mixed in with just bland characters like Steve. I mean we don't really get much of him in this episode, but he just seems just your typical
1: yeah. band. it's interesting that they had like a single mum sort of quite young mum sort of set up that was kind of atypical mm. for 90s TV we've got the stereotypical sort of uh, wisecracking uh, best best yeah. friend sort of kind of sort of boisterous sort of tomboyish best friend as well we've got, we got the daughter the finding the stray cat so she's going to be a bit of a nightmare she does yeah. yeah. what she wants sort yeah. of thing
2: yeah the, the bratty little daughter. I can see the that we, we, they've got they've got elements they've got elements but they didn't put them together yeah. it's like no. making a cake
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've just they've got the they've got the recipe there they've just not put the right ingredients in and they it's... haven't done it in the right order it's yeah. like they put the flour in the oven
1: first I mean who does that <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they've done Chris <laughs> that should go in the back of the DVD put the flour in the oven first Chris Evans. The the equivalent of putting flour
0: in the oven yeah. one star <laughs> But the episode opens with Steve trying to quietly do his homework on a horribly quiet and boring Friday night. Marty rocks up making loads of noise and that's kind of all he makes for the rest of the episode. Steve's little sister finds a stray cat outside and Steve's mum remembers that she used to have a cat in the 70s called Cat Stevens.
1: Very nice. And then uh, Pam quips that she had to change its name to Yusuf Islam in the 80s. Uh, Yeah, Um, because that happened. Uh, This memory is apparently enough for her to
0: long for the 70s again because she wants a date, doesn't she? She She wants loose 70s men. And thus, Salem's digestive system sends them all back there, along with some groovy outfits and, you know, chic furniture. And they start saying righteous and
2: yeah, and woo, and... Not the same
0: level of detail
2: as Boy Meets World.
1: Well, yes and no.
2: Okay, sorry, not
1: delivered in the same way. It's certainly not delivered the same sort of um, class. Yes. And um, loving sort of knowingness as as Boy Meets World or indeed Sabrina's uh, take on the 60s. But dear God, do you think these writers grew up in the 70s? Jesus fucking Christ. The amount of useless 70s pop culture references down to the fact that the dog's called Boo which is also a reference to Me and You and a Dog Named Boo yeah. by Lobo a uh, 70s uh, pop song oh yeah, and the dog just fucking materialises yeah, yeah. The, do- the dog that they suddenly have called Boo and there's a joke about uh, Convoy as well yeah. um, the uh Novelty uh, 70s hit where you've got Pam talking into a CB radio and later on it turns out she's on the the fan forum for... uh, I can't remember the singer's name, but he's the only other guy on there there at the end when it flashes back to the present day and she's on the laptop. Um, Yeah, uh, there's there's something about Gerald Ford falling over. like They shoehorn so much in. Well, I mean, just right after the titles, which
0: again is just... It's just a still of three angels. Marty walks around and puts his thumbs up, and it says team Angel." Yeah. <laughs> Teen Angel has been, and I
1: think it's a bit of a Sabrina mirror gag situation where it's different each time because yeah. he's in his seventies gear with his sideburns and everything. Except of course, Sabrina had the last laugh because he only
0: did that thirteen times, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> Um, but yeah, you say about all oh, the references. I mean, as soon as that's over, we're in school, and Steve's friend Jordan, I think his name was, starts thrusting in the corridor for no reason, and then another nerd walks over and talks about how lame Charlie's Angels is, and look how rad his four hundred dollar digital watch is. Whoa! Yeah,
1: and it's kind of this is sets the tone for the rest of the episode where it's just references. Yeah, and... but the diss on Charlie's Angels, Phil. Oh, they won't. Oh, last week's episode they went undercover as bad actresses. People in glass houses, guys. People in (laughs) glass fucking houses. I didn't even catch on to that. Yeah. 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 That is a very good point. That that is a solid burn, that great. Well done. I'd like to see the cast of Teen Angel, go undercover as the cast of a watchable sitcom. Yeah! Oh, shit.
0: Ooh. (laughs) Marty, being a supernatural being, feels like something isn't quite right. Uh, The clothes, the lingo, and the fact that... Saturday Night Live was funny and inventive. <laughs> Burn again,
1: glass houses. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, But so this is interesting. Obviously, yeah, Marty is is a, is a young boy brought back to life as, as an angel, particularly a supernatural being, yeah. a spiritual yes. being. Um, he is aware of this change, just like witches are. Well, no, he just
2: senses something is off. Yes. Senses something is off. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't actually know what's wrong. Again. Bit of an
0: idiot. But, but I think, yeah, I think that's the fault of him as a character. He's just a bit yeah. stupid. Because Ron yeah. Glass is like, when he says, I think we've gone back to the 70s, he's
1: like, yeah. Well, Ron Glass, who has an afro, is like, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> oh, yeah. we have I've got an afro. But we do first. He's like, how how have you not realised that yet? <laughs> yeah. It's like he can't, I don't know, like, maybe, yeah, he, he feels that something has happened, but whereas everybody else, like, their clothes and their outfits change, but they just don't remember how they were before. But he... Maybe kind of can, but not really. It's, it was interesting, because it's established by the end of this episode that he is nowhere near as powerful as Sabrina. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I guess he can sense the change, but can't quite put it into context as to what has changed. Whereas, obviously, witches are 100% hundred percent aware of what's going on. So do you think witches greater than um, angels? I think angels who actually pay some fucking attention to wrong <laughs> <laughs> um Probably, uh, are probably, are able to know what's going on because, yeah, because Marty's the the, the dink that he is. He um, hasn't paid enough attention to his angel lessons. Yeah, to so know
2: what's going True. on. Well, the, you could always argue that witches are actually more powerful than angels, due to the fact that which, uh, depending on which, um, yeah. which, <laughs> which, 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 which uh, school of thought you want to go down, or which sort of TV series anthology, mythology you want to look at. Yeah. You could definitely make the argument that witches are more powerful than angels Mm. because witches can
1: put spells on angels whereas angels... They can put a spell on you, Chris, can't they? They can. Witches. Because you're theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you better stop the things that you're doing. I said watch out. We ain't lying. (laughs) (laughs) We're moving on. put a spell on you from Hoax Focus. Oh! (laughs) Oh, God. I'm Marty. (laughs) I'm the Marty of this group! (laughs) Chris, if you were the Martyr's group, we would have killed you by
0: now. <laughs> I've got, have got, got some burgers under my bed. If uh, yeah, free for you if, if you want. <laughs> Back home, and Marty tries to convince Steve that they should be in the ni- in 1997. <laughs> no way, man. By then, we'll have flying cars. and no, living on, on Mars. i living on Mars. No, we all know it was 2005 before the Transformers landed on Earth. That's right, so, yeah. guys, you've still yeah. got a few more years before then. Marty also notices that Steve has a dog, just like the audience has noticed. Uh, something they've clearly
1: not had before. Yeah. Because it's plot relevant. Yeah, I wonder how we even came by this. I, I think, I think that the original plan for the episode was that the little sister finds a stray dog. Oh, okay. And Marty turns him into a human because the mum's lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the ABC came to him saying we're going to do this crossover about time travel where Salem from Sabrina changes time. So then it got awkwardly mixed in with all of this. I can only guess it's that, because the whole whole dog becomes a man, other than the fact he's called Boo, it's got nothing to do with the 70s. Yeah, they should have. Do you reckon it should have been Salem turning into a human? No, because I would not want to see Salem represented as a human in an inferior show when he's potentially never represented as a human Properly that's yeah, thing. that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: that that would have made the episode yeah. worse actually. Um, so Steve's mom comes home after an unsuccessful date. She blames it on the fact that she had kids, but I blame it on that bowling shirt she's got on. Uh, she wishes there was a decent man out there for her. Steve comes up with a plan, while Marty just comes. He just says, "Oh my God,
1: what does he say?"
0: He says like, um, "Hey, imagine I'd love to see your mom in like some hot pants oh, and, God, like, and, a yeah. and a halter <laughs> top." Why would you hang out with this man? <laughs> He's awful! This man, who who is invisible, why are you friends with him when he has the heart to be your mum? He's just standing there fucking tugging himself! When, when your when says things like that,
1: Steve's just like... Mm. <laughs> okay. You know what,
2: you know what, the only solace I'm taking from that moment is that Marty, as an angel, is like the angels in Dogma. No genitals, smooth area. Yeah, so he can't actually tug. Yes. Yeah. That's the only... That's what I'm taking away from that.
0: Steve wants Marty to turn their faithful dog, Boo, you know, that one that's been there for one episode, into a man. And with a bit of a dancing um, and... I get, what a joke to the expense of the Jewish community. Is that right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, he sort of
1: gets. Uh, yeah, gets yeah. the. Um, he gets all Yiddish. He gets all Yiddish because uh, he's turning him into a man. You see, it's like a bar mitzvah. <laughs> get it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's. A... And he's he's got to say some things in an accent. Yeah, and, he's got, yeah. got to say some things in an accent. Got to butcher some Yiddish words. Got to got to have got to have the hair and the hat and, yeah.
0: Um, Was but, it... but it's funny because because Marty's wacky. Because Marty's he? wacky is funny. Oh my. No, he...
1: God, could you go as
2: far and say it was very xenophobic?
1: It's well, it's it's culturally insensitive in that in that classic nineties way, as Sabrina has been. You know, most shows from that period are guilty of it. But when the show's already hateful, it makes it even more. Yeah, Yeah, if
0: you're gonna if you're gonna do controversy or try and make some out there jokes, you know, wait till you've got out of season one first, chaps. Fucking hell. No wonder, yeah, this, uh, this you know, ended after 13 episodes, we'll keep saying. Uh, but anyway, luckily it does get funny because uh, the dog turns into a naked man, which is just on his bed. Uh, they magic some clothes on the dog man and he licks everyone's face, growls and tells them not to patronise him because, guys,
1: he's almost four years old. Okay, Bob Dogman... Okay, we, we, we've already said it, but like we've also, we've been very negative so far. We've been very negative about Too the right show, uh, and rightly so about about Marty and uh, about the general sort of stilted um, tone of it. But Bob Dogman may be one of the best one episode characters, especially considering the show he comes from. Yeah, maybe one of the best one episode characters in sitcom history. Red just- Jesmer, adult film superstar, apparently. Uh, resembles a young sliced alone Chris said Um, so yeah handsome guy extremely funny great comic timing and also really well written it's amazing that you know it's not it's not just the performance like they do find some really funny things for this uh, this dog man to say and do and it's amazing that the same people who write Marty's lines and think Marty is a entertaining character could come up up with that Boo agrees to go on a date with Steve's mum because she's hot Marty agrees and Steve clearly dies a little inside yeah (laughs) being (laughs) hugged by two men who are like your mum's hot (laughs) he's he's probably stopped resisting now hasn't he he's probably just broken down maybe to begin with like dude that's not cool but now it's just like oh. he, he, he's fully in yeah. fully under Stockholm Syndrome and, yeah. I, and I can't just stop hanging around this guy because he's a fucking angel so he can just pop up whenever he wants <laughs> That's his penance though he, he killed he, his he, mate. Did, he did kill him but mostly so killing. he's
0: got to live the rest of his life being told by an invisible creep that his mum's yeah, fit he is being haunted we were right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and knowing that when his mum dies Marty's Marty's in there yeah if she goes to
2: heaven, Marty is no. all over that. Yeah. If she goes to heaven, then yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just hope that she doesn't get an audience with Rod. Yeah. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just going to assume, hopefully, that there are two sets of angels. There are guardian
1: angels and there are regular angels. She would be a regular angel. That's fine. Speaking of Rod and uh, the scene we mentioned before where he has the audience with 70s Rod. Yeah. Uh, Rod says he needs to uh, he needs to leave. He needs to stop talking to Marty. Probably just making an excuse because he would want to talk to Marty. But, um, <laughs> he says he needs to go to Bing Crosby's welcoming party because Bing Crosby, I guess he must have died in the 70s. So he's arriving in heaven. Bing Crosby did not go to heaven. <laughs> he Bing I bullied several of my children into suicide. Crosby did not go to heaven.
0: So uh, yeah, the doorbell goes and it's none other than Bob Dogman. He he wants to use the phone because his gremlin broke down outside yep so uh, also rocking the same uh, wheels that uh, Mr Poole was rocking he did he certainly did uh, he sits down on the couch which he's very happy about he's testing yeah. it out bouncing up and down Steve's mum apologises for the state of the couch sorry our dog chewed it we're thinking of getting him fixed Bob Dogman stands up and goes uh, he'll be good from now on <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, Bob Dogman is busy playing fetch with the younger sister and he just keeps complimenting Steve's mum on how beautiful and wonderful she is
1: He then invites her to
0: Funky Town!
1: I I kind of quite like that reference just because it was, I don't know, it was, it seemed to be knowingly just awful. Can I take you to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marty chats to the Godhead man that looks after him, who is called Rod,
0: played by him, the legendary Ron Glass, and he confirms that they should be in the year 1997, you know, because it's obvious, uh, but they should just enjoy the 70s for a bit longer. He then says that because Boo the dog was transformed against his own wishes, he will revert back to a dog at 11.43. How would a dog want wish
2: to be a human <laughs> if they're a dog? By going up to Martin you know. Whoa! I want to be a, a man. No, that's what I mean. So against the dog's wishes, <laughs> but he looks—he's very happy being human. Yeah. He so is. how is it against the dog's wishes? Mate, he's doing something. You with... don't
0: know what was going on in the
2: dog's head at that time. Mate,
0: consent. We live in an age <laughs> where
1: everyone needs consent for anything. Yeah. And he did not give his consent. Did, did not did not sign a waiver. No. So he's a dog. He couldn't have signed away Could have put his paw print on
0: it. Yeah, they were doing doggy dealings, and he yeah. needed his consent.
2: Just saying, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. But this episode and this show doesn't make sense. I did like, however, um, the 1143 cut-off, and I'm saying, it has no pizzazz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> go, just on, go on, Cinderella had till midnight, and it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it does just that's it that's that's roll some... off the tongue, does, does yeah, it? Yeah, no like pizzazz because he's because he's all 70s system like that's some jive turkey fairy tale or something like, <laughs> yeah, that. Something uh, like that yeah something like that um
0: it's the next night and Judy, Steve's mom is ready to hit the D-I-S-C-O Marty tells Steve about the Cinderella crisis so he invites himself to his mom's date to look after Bob Dogman who has just arrived trying to get through the dog flap and span around about eight times before vi- eventually sitting on the armchair I like that because that's what very like, nice sitting around so very funny Judy is driving the three of them to the discotheque and Bob Dogman obviously has his head sticking out the window
1: scowling and uh, barking at passing mutts Yeah, the car completely still spot uh, on the stage spotlights yeah. passing yeah. A over a little it. bit of
0: smoke tiny bit of dry ice for the exhaust yeah. smoke and, yep. That's
1: just, cool. and then just darkness yeah, yeah. not even yeah. like the uh, sort of
0: the car that we had in my nightmare the car not no. even anything like that no I, I, I hedged some bets that that car was made entirely out of either plastic or wood <laughs> yeah one of the two yeah We're at the disco and it appears Sabrina is also there and she is on the hunt for Salem. She blends into the crowd, turning herself into a 70s get-up. It turns out, though, that it's 11.15 and Bob Dogman has already begun to change because, look, he's wagging his tail! And just before we can gasp, I thought he was going to talk about his penis, but luckily he's just sprouted a furry dog tail instead and he's swinging it round! Sabrina bumps into Marty as she can see him And it turns out that anything supernatural can see each other She tells him that she's a witch Next you'll be telling me that there are genies And boys meeting worlds Oh Uh... fuck off Yes, fuck off, pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the tone for the show. Like, you know, phone if you could say next, you'd be telling me there's genies. Yeah, that's great. But to say and boys,
1: boys meeting worlds, oh, suck my dick. Sabrina could get away with that because it it could probably be done like charmingly, or somebody would make a remark on how lame that that is. Yeah, but not this show.
0: It'd be even something a bit funnier, like someone with the surname boy and someone with the surname world boy meet world you know like yeah. but just going next you'll be telling me two things meeting each other oh, get up fuck Martin you, you,
2: you know when Steve died a little bit inside yeah. with, being hugged yeah that's how I feel
0: right now we all died a yeah, little bit
2: inside. inside
0: oh god next next you'll be telling me this show will be cancelled and I'll not do anything for the rest of my days <laughs> in the men's room and Bob Dogman is chasing his tail and begging for forgiveness Steve tells Bob that he has to call things off before it's too late but he doesn't want to hurt her because she's his best friend Aww. and Bren Jesma does some really sort of affectionate emotional acting he's really serious and says She's my best friend. Like this ought it's to really be a good performance overall it's... by him. As daft as it is, he's
1: he's a good actor for not doing anything outside the bedroom. No, this ought to have be been a star-making performance. This should have been his crossover into legit acting. But uh, alas, no. But yeah, it... maybe maybe he just enjoyed porn more. Maybe the money was better. Maybe yeah. maybe
0: yeah. Back on the dance floor, and Marty is trying his best to pounce on our Sebs, but because he's a creep, Sabrina just keeps blowing him off. And this is what I said to you about like the way Sabrina makes out that an angel is like a stupid character, doesn't she? she he's like, I'm an angel, and she's like, yeah, all right. And he's like, yeah, I talked to a big floating head who's who's all he's God's cousin. It's all powerful, and she's like, right. I'm gonna go and find my talking cat. Yeah, she... the way she responds to him and, and yeah, about
1: his talking about his life, it really kind of
0: shoots the show down a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I say, he is supposed to be the loser that always sort of tries to get the girl and fails, you know, it, it, it again, you, you're you not supposed to think, oh, this guy's cool, but then Sabrina comes and makes it look like a joke, but later on, not so much in the disco scene, but later on, like the closing moments of, uh, of the show, we really do get this establishment of superiority of mm. Sabrina over Teen Angel, like, spelled out to us, no pun intended, like, it's... She buries this motherfucker Yeah, absolutely buries him but we'll get to that
0: yeah the way like this scene carries and maybe like the bit towards the end as well it's a bit like obviously I know Sabrina is part of this same universe and stuff and and this is part of Sabrina's overall arc for these four episodes you know concluding at the end of her episode it is like she gives the impression though that she's this mega star this actress that we've gone Melissa, do you mind just having a guest appearance on this other show? And she's coming and she just... It's like she doesn't want to be there.
1: Yeah, her performance isn't um, as, uh, as full-blooded as she would give in her own show. That's yeah. for certain. But then she's not really given... Yeah, the role she's given it is just to be there and just... Yeah. Just belittle everyone. Well, she only really talks to Marty, but yeah, just completely belittle Marty who's supposed to be the lovable sort of sidekick in this mm. show and just, yeah, just make him seem like worthless, yeah. absolutely worthless. Because
0: this is, I mean, this is episode seven of a show that you're trying to get off the ground and could yeah. potentially work. And you've got, yeah, Sabrina who is all around a more superior character coming in and going, your character, your backstory and your world is stupid. Yeah.
1: She, yeah, that's the thing. She properly, the actual, as I say, we'll get to it. Cause it is more the, the end scene where he takes her to see Ron Glass and where they go briefly back, We should have uh, the exterior of the Spellman House, the scene there, where she really just... She, she makes sure this show's going to get cancelled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way it's,
2: it's that, like you were saying, it's those closing moments it's very symbolic of what actually happened. Yeah. She may as
1: well have come in a black coat carrying a scythe. She's the Grim <laughs> Reaper come to claim this yeah. show.
0: Serena eventually finds Salem and she tracks him down because he made a credit card charge for $1,000 for a cat suit.
1: We do get Salem in clothes, another uh, of the few plus points of this episode. Yeah. Salem, in, Salem in a John Travolta esque uh, big collar yeah. uh, suit. That's so good. So, again,
0: n- always nice to see our Salem. Uh, Bob, meanwhile, has to go as he's gradually getting paws. Despite how amazing Judy is, he has a different path to follow. He's trading in his disco suit for a collar. To, which, to which she thinks he's becoming a priest. <laughs> yeah. That was quite clever. Kind of that, that, that was, was a very funny, funny joke. Yeah. Uh, she makes a comment about his uh, big puppy dog eyes, so he panics and goes, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> that was brilliant. He walks away and he turns into a dog wearing a suit which yeah. is always great fun. That's always great fun too.
2: They must have had a fucking nightmare <laughs> getting that dog in that suit.
0: Imagine the force. Imagine the force, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sabrina tells Salem to cough up that time ball to trans- them, uh, transport them back to the 1990s. And in under 20 seconds, we do exactly that, as do Hilda, Zelda, Corey, Topanga and the shitty genie characters we ain't met yet, but we will very <laughs> shortly. Marty and Sabs are thrilled about saving the day. He tells her that she should give him a call when she's dead. And she says that she'll be alive for at least a thousand years. Realm building. Realm Realm building. building. Sabrina
1: does have the big long lifespan despite being half mortal. Thanks, Teen (laughs) Angel.
0: So, yeah, a thousand years, I guess, is not exactly the cut-off, but that's the the, I guess, the average or the expected lifespan yes, of witches. Yeah. So it would it would mean, yeah, Hilda elder Zelda being 600, roughly. Yeah, they're about middle age. Yeah. plus, yeah, in yeah. their 40s or so. That was, a,
1: that was nice to know.
0: Yeah, so, it yeah, was. at least we do get something out of this episode, and it's a bit more fleshing out of the witch community, yeah. I guess, so... Uh, the credits roll, and Marty
1: is still trying to crack into Sabs in a really shady, ghastly way. Most of those characters have aged badly in the in the more enlightened yeah. age that we're in now. Like most of these sort of like wannabe ladies' man characters are just are just creeps, mm. and some of the stuff they do is just revolting. But yeah, just fuck off, mate. You <laughs> should have kicked him in the nads. But as we've established, he might not have any. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> he tries to make out that he's a big shot, and he's like, "Yeah, I
0: I've got a magical ability that I can make any girl fall for me." and he pretends to do some magic Sabrina goes oh it doesn't work and he's like oh man I'm so
1: lame and Sabrina should have gone yes yes you are yeah she makes she makes fun of him Ron Glass makes fun of him and yeah the takeaway that we get from this is just this guy and his show are just lame
0: (laughs) yeah and that's the reason why yeah it's we're about halfway through this entire show's run. It's strange, though, because I remember Teen Angel. I remember watching it, and I figured oh, it went on for a couple of years. I was so shocked to find it didn't make it out of season one. Half of a season, But, but having, effectively. But having seen it, we know exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. It did have some talented
1: people around it. It did, it did have some good characters, but not the main characters. There must be talented people involved in it. I mean, obviously, Eugene and Mike Rice are talented, but I don't think we actually wrote this episode or anything. But still, there must be talented people involved because to write a character like Bob Dogman, you must have a, a comic sensibility to you. But I think the concept that the show has, they didn't really know what to do with it and no. how, how, to make it, how to make it work. You know, I enjoyed watching this episode. We've ranted a lot. But to be quite honest, because of Bob Dogman and because the main problem with it is Marty and yeah. he gets completely emasculated, it was enjoyable. Yeah. But there'll be no Sabrina, there'll be no Bob Dogman. And then what you're left with, a show about Marty, probably. And I couldn't think of much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can think of much worse
0: is the final show that we're going to watch, part of this TGIF uh, lineup. TV Guide called this series Hammy, Artificial. And altogether
1: excruciating. And TV Guide aren't known for their merciless um, criticism, <laughs> are they? So, uh... Boys, are you ready for You Wish? Uh, I'm... What does a show with half the lifespan of Teenager look like? <laughs> We're about to find out. So, um...
0: Yeah? Why? Is I the word it's... that was coming from our lips... What? What was that? um in- initial thoughts
1: or well really final thoughts on it really i i it was yeah just 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 surreal but <laughs> yeah. how it was why i I'm, um... I'm I'm freaked out that someone thought that was okay, like someone got that far into developing a show without going hang on a minute, this doesn't make any sense <laughs> this is a bit shit guys this is, this is. Well not only is it shit, but it's shit in such a weird way. Like, people are gonna be unnerved when they see this. They'll wonder what they wonder what the hell's wrong with their television. <laughs> what?
0: They're... No. No. Again, I think this is another example
1: of what if Sabrina was a boy? He yeah. ain't no boy, pal. He's a thirty five year old man helping a thirty-five year old woman. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Like I can see how
2: how the premise
0: could work Because well, yeah. the premise is a genie is rescued from a rug and repays family by being a burden so...
1: <laughs> yeah by but I, but I just just make but uh, you know he helps in the end doesn't he in this episode he helps you know he helps mother and daughter bond he bonds with his own batty grand, granddad the concept isn't entirely I you were getting upset then <laughs> <laughs> just a birth no I've just, no. Had, I've just had a beer uh, the, the, <laughs> the concept isn't entirely irredeemable yeah you could see how it could work with a better script Maybe better acting, although I don't want to judge the actors too harshly, because what would you do with that script? Like it's
2: yeah. It's... It was very after school special as well. This episode, episode's certainly... particular I
0: mean, ideally we would have liked to have watched episode seven of this. I mean, yes. there was thirteen episodes of this show. It was cancelled after seven episodes. I would have, I would have preferred to watch that one because it was the second episode in the in this travel back yes. in time, where they travel back into the fifties. However, because this show was cancelled so early on, it's so different. I only found three examples online to watch which was this episode which was episode four uh, entitled Mind Games where naturally the mum um, can gets a wish from the genie to read people's minds and finds out a daughter smoking cigarettes
2: the concept of the episode parent can read child's mind it's got legs I mean the, there's a whole film what women want you know Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson can mm. read women's minds the premise is good how they fucked it up <laughs> I will never know.
0: Even the last five minutes of this I mean there's there's more or less no laughs, but at the last five minutes it's like a bad soap opera.
1: Yeah, and the anti but the anti spoken PSA thing again is fine. I've seen sitcoms, you know, think about any like social issues they covered in like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, for mm-hmm. example. Ah, and they did it in a way that was funny and moving and made you think, particularly if you're off its target audience. It was great, but yeah, it's it's done with so such it's clunky. Yeah, it's clunky. It's shonky. It's shonky. It's shonky, but it, its shonkiness is so apparent that I can't believe that there wasn't a. That, I can't believe that it was picked up. I can't believe that. Someone put money into so, it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What into. It's not a. It's about. Probably got about the budget of Sabrina. We've got like. We've got two sets. We've got. A network that would give the same amount of money. Do you wish that they would give to Sabrina or that they would give to Boy Meets World? And this was done by Michael Jacobs? Yeah, Michael Jacobs, who gave us Boy Meets World. Yeah, so I guess maybe April Kelly, who recreated Boy Meets World, but maybe she was one with a good idea and mm. he just sort of had the production company, so yeah. he sort of helped to bring it to life, as his own ideas perhaps aren't so great, because like dinosaurs he co-created with somebody else. So he, he, he's, not, uh, he's not a one-man team, he, he,
2: he's, he's a bouncer... Yeah, he, he likes to, he bounces ideas yeah. back and forth. He needs someone else there
1: to yeah. to shape and hone in mm-hmm. and layer. Yeah, perhaps, yeah, you'll appreciate this still. Perhaps he's a Vince Russo. <laughs> yes. He needs, he needs he a is, sounding yeah. board. He needs somebody to sort of test his ideas against. Otherwise, he just runs right and delivers a, a turd. But honestly, um, I swear to, to God, God, how did this get made? Yeah, it's like, crazy. No, but
2: like I was saying, the premise works. I can see how it got made if someone, if. If he was in situ already and Mm -hmm. he goes, got this idea, here's the pitch, they
0: just went without seeing a script, there's the money. Well, I mean, in a similar sense that Sabrina was inspired as a reboot of, the uh, the particular TV series was inspired as a reboot for Bewitched. Yes. In a similar sense, this was as well, You Wish was a, like a spiritual reboot of I Dreamed Dreamed of Genie. Yeah. So that was where they were trying to go with it,
1: but... They missed. Yeah. Somebody, but... Also, yeah, like you say, Chris. Like, if if Michael Jacobs, who's had some hits, you know, he came into a boardroom and said, "I got this new idea for a sitcom." Yeah, it's kind of like a dream of genie. But it's different because it's a single mother, and the genies, you know, that that I could imagine be like, "Yeah, sounds great, Mike." We'll we'll. Uh. But when they were presented with the script, I'm amazed they weren't like, "No, there's, there's something missing from this. It's it, it's disjointed. It's trying to give you pathos and humanity, but there's no there's no connecting tissue at all." Hmm. Like. It's yeah, it's it's a it's at least you know. So we have going off the one episode, but it's just a lot of random ideas and concepts just really awkwardly stitched together. It's, yeah, and it, and it's a shame because I mean, two of the cast are big deals
0: in this show, and uh, I mean, before I introduce them, I'll just give you a, an overall feeling of the show. So, uh, you wish followed the Apple family, and they bought a rug from Madman Mustafa, played by Rada alumni and star of such movies as Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, and Sybil Cop. John Reese davies Inside, said Rug, is a genie, aptly named Genie, who has been imprisoned for 2,000 years and decides to reward the family with flat jokes, a dry personality (laughs) and crap special effects. In similar circumstances to Firefly, ABC managed to air these episodes out of sequence and alongside how terrible the show is, uh, it did kind of contribute to its cancellation after seven episodes. It aired the episodes out of... Seven episodes out of sync. How? Because yeah, that's obviously what they did with Firefly. Didn't did they, they?
1: Did they start with the *Sabrina*? he's already there,
0: and then later on, you add They might have started with the pilot, and then it was just. But I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think there's overarching stories in this. I was going to say,
1: you can. It's more forgivable with a sitcom than for something like *Firefly*. Yeah. Like yeah. continuing part.
0: But yeah, so it was cancelled after only seven mm. episodes. It was replaced in the TGIF lineup then with uh, *Sabrina* season one repeats. Ah, uh, a good call, well played. And then the remaining eight episodes, because they'd filmed th- uh, thirteen.
1: The remaining eight episodes were eventually broadcasted an entire year later. All oh, right. Didn't they rush? I remember reading something they sort of like rush broadcasting like it's like a marathon over a weekend or something, something. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just got they're done now. They just got rid of them. That we, we we got a return on investment that we actually got to air this stuff we spent money on, and that's it. now yeah.
0: it's gone. As for the cast, you got John Ailes who played Genie. Uh, he starred as a couple of roles like named actual characters in the The Nutty Professor One and Two. As well as Leslie Nielsen's Spy Hard. And then after fifteen years of bit parts, he's been a series regular in Amazon series uh Bosch and Sneaky Pete.
2: Oh. Oh, okay. Good for uh, and
0: yeah. he's been in like uh, like San Diego Comic Con and stuff like that as these Representing these shows and stuff, yeah. so he has been—he has a reg- series of regulars in both those shows. Uh, as for the first big name is Harley Jane Kozak. She played Gillian Apple. Funnily enough, what we discovered in the show is that. For once, the mom is the main character in this show. Yes, which we is don't right? catch a full glimpse of it in this episode, but she, rather than it being
1: one of the children, uh, the mum is the main character in the show. Yeah, it's it's weird because obviously we talk about these things. Technically, they were supposed to be family sitcoms in that you know, they aired in the evening when all the family might be sat around watching TV and things like that. But they usually had teen main characters, which is probably why when they were aired over here, I don't know if you wish ever was, but certainly Boy Meets World, Teen Angel, and uh, Sabrina were aired as, as kids' TV. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. So yeah, it's interesting, it probably speaks more to the idea of it being a family show mm. that the, the adult character is actually the main character, and obviously, the genie isn't a teenager. The genie is a similar age to the yeah. one. Um, um, it's another single parent family as well, yeah, in the yeah. 90s. Uh,
0: her real name is Susan, but an ex boyfriend used to call her Harley after his motorbike. She liked the nickname so much she had it legally changed. I would not like to be named <laughs> after a motor-
1: Oh, there's <laughs> so many connotations that I don't want to get into, it. Jesus. Yeah. But she's, um, yeah, she's, she's le- she changed her name
0: legally uh, from Susan to Harley. Sh- because she leaks oil? <laughs> <laughs>
1: She doesn't do very good mouths to the camera. <laughs> um. She starred
0: in 178 episodes of American soap opera Santa Barbara. Her character, Mary Duval was very popular and she died in an accident where a giant neon letter C toppled on her. So she, she died of the big C. She died oh. of the big C, yeah. yeah. Viewers were so angry over Mary's death that they started a letter writing campaign demanding for her reappearance. The show received such a huge number of letters that eventually they admitted their mistake and asked Kozak to come back. She declined the offer, however, since she was already working with other stuff, and she was proud of the unusual way her character had made an I exit.
1: I would have been very interested to know how they managed to write around a character that had been crushed by a giant letter not being dead after all. That would have been very. You say that. No.
0: In February 1989, she made a brief return as an angel in heaven. Oh, there's one. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Uh, she now writes paranormal romance suspense novels. Oh, good. Good good for you, Harley. What? Paranormal romance Romance suspense suspense novels. novels. Nathan Lawrence, he played the son, Travis Apple. Uh, He is the proud owner of a two-sentence-long Wikipedia page, one of which is about other famous Lawrences he isn't related to. (laughs)
1: Aww. Like Lawrences such as Joey. Yep. And his... Andrew. Matthew Lawrence, Matthew, and uh, Martin, Martin, Martin Lawrence, Martin, yeah. Andrew. It's literally just two. <laughs> I think it goes without saying he's not related to Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, don't know. Clarification. Known.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the other big star, uh, obviously Jerry Van Dyke. He played Grandpa Max, uh, the youngest brother to Dick Van Dyke. That's right. Yes, so he passed away. Uh... This year, January this year, this year, year. yeah. yeah. Uh, heart failure, unfortunately. Uh, he began his career in stand-up comedy and starred in uh, the Jerry Van Dyke show, obviously, which later became the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, he played the lead role of uh, David Crabtree, who we have uh, met before very briefly, in what is believed to be the worst sitcom of yes. all time, a revisit for us,
1: My Mother the Car. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a that guy, isn't he, Jerry yeah. Van Dyke? He's, he's, in a, he's in a lot of things, but very rarely as the featured guy. He was in Teen Angel, wasn't he? Uh, He was, yeah, he played the grandfather in Teen Angel as well. Yeah, which is a bit weird seeing that these shows are going on at the same time and he appeared in them both playing different characters. To be honest, the the actors in this show, they could be perfectly good, but um, with the script that they're given, not so. Yeah, I feel like John John Ailes, the genie, like, it's got very
0: eccentric, like, I think a bit more, if they gave him a bit more pantomime, I think it would have been quite good. A bit more camp, a bit more um, eccentric. yeah. A bit more yeah. crazy. I think it could have been a character, but they tried some words, some sentences he says, are all like, Ooh, do yeah. you want milk or whatever? And then next he's talking about someone going, I think we're great parents. You know, He's, like, too, he's too normal. Yeah. He's yeah, not no, wacky enough. He's got the costume they got. That's fine. It's cool. Wacky,
2: yeah. wacky crazy clothes. The hair, the facial hair, the general look of him, yeah.
0: they nailed.
2: The language, they fucked up. This show
0: just doesn't work no. character wise it could cast wise it definitely could concept yeah. it could if you gave me a whiteboard right now I would be
2: able to give you an, over- uh, an overview of story arc for the entire season of You Wish not a problem it's a great concept they could, just yeah. balls it up
0: I think the script is terrible yeah and yeah. I mean, maybe it could be just this episode. I don't know if there were any better ones. We just picked this one just because... Well, I picked this one just because I wanted to know how they handled um, smoking. Because the whole idea of this episode is... uh, Mickey, the daughter, they find... She's got cigarettes hanging out of a bag. And the episode is just spent going, ''Oh, she's smoking. That's not cool. She can't be part of the cool kids. Smoking was cool before we found out it could kill you.'' Oh, oh, you're not just holding these for a friend. And then it eventually leads to, listen, you can smoke if you want to, just don't tell me about it, is kind of the realisation.
1: That's, yeah, that's damn weird, that is. It's like, basically the mum... Well, The mum comes
0: to the realisation of going, I smoked when I was younger. You know, I made some bad decisions because my parents treated me as a child, even though you fucking are. Uh, so I smoked to rebel, but that's a bad decision. If you're going to make those bad decisions...
1: That's fine. That's your decision. In a way, I mean, that's true. I mean, plenty of people smoke. <laughs> and hi. Hi. Yeah, yeah Chris. Uh, Chris for one. So, you know, it, it's just something that people do. But it's that, I'll trust you and make the right decision.
2: It's like, no 14-year-old in their right mind makes the
1: right decision at any time during their little life. <laughs> it's weird how she goes from being so appalled to just like... Well, well, well. Yeah. well I, she must have known to begin with. It's like she's only just realised that she did it too, which yeah. is very odd. Yeah, um, no, you
2: are right. If yeah, she went from being appalled
1: to, oh, it's your choice, smoking. But she's fourteen, and then like, by then it's like, of course I smoked when I was fourteen because you know I I felt like rebelling because you know I, I want to show my parents I wasn't a kid anymore. So yeah, it makes sense. Really. <laughs> it's <laughs> that, just silly. It. What
2: I what
1: what yeah. I also really liked what, amu- what amused me not intentionally. Yeah. Was that the daughter has a very raspy voice for a fourteen year old? She does she yeah. talks like a chain smoker? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I had the same <laughs> thought.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yes, uh, Jerry Van Dyke, he's like the crazy old granddad. But he's got the added thing the fact he's a genie, so he doesn't understand the human world, so he's doubly confused yeah. and always messes things up. And he has powers, but he can't really use them properly anymore, so he's just...
0: Yeah, he, he clicks a few times to try and move out the house, but he keeps moving to the that's, side. That's
1: the only funny thing in the show. Is... I mean, it, it wasn't. Graham laughed, so we're I going to pull him up on laugh. that. <laughs> he went, that was a little bit funny. A little. I didn't funny. laugh. I just, my head went... That's a mildly amusing concept. I think maybe because it was Jerry Van Dyke. He's, 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 he's a legendary performer. He's, he's quite charming, and sometimes when he makes faces, he reminds me of his brother. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, that's all I was thinking. This might sound really, really weird. Usually. I think this show would have worked so much better a few years later and if it was an Australian Good. TV show. you took around about Genie from Down Under. Well, not necessarily just that, but like, I don't know how far these if these reached America, I don't know, but over in the UK we had a lot of um Australian produced children's TV shows. Yeah, I can't name very many. Ocean Odyssey, is the only one I can't Ocean Odyssey,
1: Go Around the Twist. Oh yeah, around the the Twist, the twist. Yeah. It's
0: called um Fergus MacPhail, that's one. Cuz they weren't laugh out loud funny but they were quite charming. They were very, they were normally well written, well produced. Yeah, and they, were, they were they were they were they were quirky, weren't they? Yeah, they were very popular in the <clears> early 2000s, turn yeah. of the millennium. And I think this show would have worked. A few years later,
1: I think, and maybe well, yeah, produced by someone else. It could have worked at the time. It just it just needed a bit more focus um, because it's supposed to be kind of like Sabrina season two, just a lot of like wacky antics and set pieces and things, but. They, they just don't flow together at all, and more importantly, they're not funny.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. I think you've just hit the nail on the head there. It's like, it, it's meant to be a bit zany, it's meant to be a bit wacky, but then you've got two very serious topics being run through the episode. You've got, essentially, an old, a very old genie with, yeah. with signs of Dementia and Alzheimer's. Which, as we
1: know, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was laughing all the way through.
2: And then you've got uh, a young girl who's starting to smoke. So you've got this wacky, zany concept, but trying to make it a public service announcement. Yeah. And it just didn't connect. Mm. I think you're right. I think
0: that's bang on the money. That's why it didn't work. For a magical-themed show, it was anything but. Yeah. Really. Boy Meets World is a completely different show because that is... Usually I think even no, by
1: Sabrina's standards, that's a superior show. Probably, yeah. And usually there's no fantasy elements to it as well. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. But, it's, it's about a boy meeting the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But
0: Sabrina, compared to these shows, it's so obvious where the thought, where the creativity, where the money most importantly is. And it really shows up how far superior this show is compared to these. And I think it makes... These shows were... I mean, the bad anyway, but I think yeah. it made Teen Angel and You Wish worse being alongside Sabrina. Think about it. Fancy doing that.
1: Why, why would you even think that would even be a good idea to have three magic oh, shows back-to-back? Yeah. Back. What a stupid idea. Obviously, that, you know, even... I mean, obviously, Sabrina's just a great show and the other two aren't. Uh, Teen Angel had positive elements and You Wish could have been good, but they completely messed up the concept. But they would have seemed... Like, you say they would have seemed inferior anyway. Hmm. People would have got magicked out. They would would have just got jaded by the whole thing. You you really are flagging up how unoriginal the shows are as much as anything else. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't
2: a fucking series about uh, a a wizard or something as
1: well. Well, as Phil said, that this is like... This time, a boy can do magic. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
0: yeah. Maybe if that if this was part if this was made or this was in the TGIF lineup
1: the year before, maybe maybe if, if, um, it, was, if it was the magic show alongside a load of regular family sitcoms and mm-hmm. teen sitcoms, then it would have at least had a a, a USP. It would have had a selling point. Yeah. But it, <laughs> alongside Sabrina, <laughs> this
0: this is the start of the downfall of TGIF. Really, it's obviously Teen Angel cancelled, replaced by Revenge of Sabrina. Uh, so, uh, you Wish, sorry, was replaced by reruns of Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. Teenager, I'm not sure what it was replaced by. But then other shows that followed had similar one-season starts. Remember Two of a Kind with oh. uh, the Olsen twins? Yeah. That only, that only had one season running. Was, no. That was in TGIF the next season, so 1998-99. That was cancelled after one season. I think they went through more episodes, I think maybe 20 episodes or something, maybe a full season. But that wasn't renewed. There was another series that maybe went for two seasons, another one that went for one. Yeah. But and then when did TGIF die? It was about 2000. 2000, it died on yeah. its after. And I think this was the start of it just.
1: It became that sort of like Saturday night, sort of um ABC became when you'd have to be a millionaire and the weakest link and things and like after that became sort of like the game show thing, like mm. after after TGIF died a death.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So there we go, you wish Yeah, you wish it could have been good. <laughs> so there we go so that is uh, our episode all about the uh, the 1997 to 1998 season I guess league yep. so of uh, TGIF show and it never really recovers from here uh, if you've got any suggestions uh, or any amendments you'd like to make to the show then yeah get in touch either way by Twitter at Sabrina Watch on Facebook uh, Sabrina the Teenage Watch type us in and you'll find us there give us a like and uh, also by email. Stop making those SoundCloud emails uh, and those inappropriate logins. Lonely by Sabrina, teenagewatch at gmail.com. Boys, it's, it's been a joy for the most part. Has it? It's been very interesting. It's been <laughs> yeah. It's been something. I feel smug knowing that... We could do better. At least for the next two seasons... <laughs> we're reviewing a good show every week it might yeah. have its low points but we're reviewing a good show I
1: reckon Sabrina at its lowest couldn't get You Wish Bad anyway so <laughs>
0: yeah we, we hope but. possibly not
2: even Teenage Bad that, either that, 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 that's our new benchmark isn't it yeah yeah. was it
1: Teen Angel Bad or was it You Wish Bad <laughs> that's our new scoring system yeah. hey. we know it gets a bit rough Sabrina wise post TGIF but yeah we'll always think of You Wish yeah
0: so next time benchmark. we encounter a terrible episode for example the next Christmas episode which is yeah. no doubt terrible um, yeah, we'll compare it to Teen Angel and You Wish and think, well, guys, at least it's not that bad. Yeah. My name has been Phil Dean all the way through. Thank you very much. I've been joined by Graham Riley. Thank you very much, Graham. Goodbye. And thank you very much to Chris Evans. Thank you. Uh, thank
2: you. Have a swell afternoon, evening, or morning whenever you're listening to us. Enjoy.